the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Coming from Grapevine, Texas once again is Exploring the Word. We're here at the National Religious Broadcasters uh, meeting. We've had guests this week that were just blessing for us, and it's been good to bring these people to you so you could meet them as well. We've met so many people that we could not have on the radio. And just let me give a plug for the other program I do called Exploring Missions that you can hear on the weekends. Uh, We got to interview quite a few people that you would love to hear from, and uh, they'll start airing in a few weeks, and I know you'll enjoy that. But we're glad you're with us. Alex is traveling. He is going to be at the Cove this weekend studying the book of Acts. And uh, I asked him how in the world he was going to do this in four sessions when it took us over two months to do the book of Acts on Exploring the Word. And he said it's a bird's eye view. So just be praying for Alex there at the Cove and those who will be attending this meeting, and they'll enjoy it. But we're glad you're listening today. I want to start off with the Scripture today, and uh, we'll have some different people coming in and out, joining us and talking. But this is in Colossians chapter 3. It's one of my favorite verses, verses uh, chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Now listen to this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated, sitting, At the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. Do you catch that? What you know, seek and set your mind. You seek the mind of Christ, you seek to please Him, and you set your mind on things above that would please Him as well. So, we're praying you're doing that. Listen, it takes practice. The Christian life is, uh, you know. Uh, it's, a, it's a great adventure, but let me just tell you, it's a journey. And I remember someone saying it's a struggle. Yeah, it's a struggle because we live in a fallen world, and we still keep that old sin nature. Uh, that would be nice, but it's going to be that one day when we get to heaven. We won't have to deal with that sin nature. No more sin, no more death, no more illness. It's going to be a great day, but until then, guess what? We keep going on. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, I think they'll bless you if you'll spend time on setting your mind on things above and seeking His will. I think He'll bless you. So here at Grapevine Exploring the Word, we've had many guests, but one voice we've uh, had uh, on this program again and again and again, we haven't had this week, and I'm not going to call him a guest, but he is somebody that uh, means the world to me, and he's our fellow co-host uh, he's the third member of what we try to do here at Exploring the Word, Jim Stanley. And Jim, I'm glad you could sit in. I know you've been struggling with your voice lately, right. but uh, I, I asked you, I said, now I don't want you the whole hour if you can't make it, but I'd love for you to plug in for a little bit. I appreciate it, brother. Well, I appreciate you inviting me on. And folks, I do apologize for my voice, but God will use what he will use. And I mean, he's used a donkey before, so (laughs) he shouldn't have any trouble with my voice today. You know, Bert, where you were reading there, it said, set your mind on things above and not earthly things. But then the reason why we're supposed to do that, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, 
then you will also appear with him in glory. You know, we forget sometimes that once we've come to know Christ as Savior and we've been born again, as the scripture says, then our life really is no longer our own. And we do try to pursue the things that God would have us pursue and do the things that God would have us do. But the reason for that, you know, there's another scripture that says, for you were bought with a price and you are no longer your own. Well, here it's a great reminder that we are to be the mirror of Christ because we are to be his hands and feet on this earth doing whatever it is he's called us to do. And so uh, I, I, I really enjoy that passage. That's that's really one that's easy to preach on, yeah, easy to teach on, because it's self-explanatory. Yeah, pardon me, self-explanatory. Don't you like verses like that? I do. I, you know, I, I, I'm a simple guy, and I don't mean to say that in any way. These guys that are around me know. I just come to the bottom line and say this is what it is. And when you come across scriptures like this, it really does. You don't have to do anything. You read it. Doesn't need a lot of explanation, man. What are you seeking? Tell That's me, right. What are, you, what are you seeking? Who are you trying to? Who are you seeking to please? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. What do you think about? What's What's on your mind all the time? And uh, you remember that old saying when when you know the computer age first started, garbage in, garbage, garbage out. out. That's Guess right. what? It hadn't changed. It had. I mean, and you know, we were we were at uh, dinner last night with a friend, uh, Dan Steiner. And we were talking about some of that very thing, you know, that um, when you look at that, the garbage that's there, it all it all goes all the way back to the garden, you know, with with Satan telling Eve, you won't surely die. You know, that's <laughs> not what God said. You misunderstood God. And the same lie that he told there, he continues to tell today. But unfortunately, billions of people have bought the lie. Yeah. Millions of people in America have bought the lie. And folks, that's that's not what you need. You don't need to buy anything. You need to receive a gift that was purchased for you that has no price, that has no, you know, there's no value on that because man could not set that value, but God did. Yeah. And the blood of his son covers our sins. The Bible says, come to the well and drink freely. Jesus is that well. You know, when Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, Samaritan woman. Right. And, you know, she said, how can you give me anything to drink? You don't even have anything to draw the water. And he told her, he said, there's something that you don't know. I have water that you don't know about. I have a drink that you can drink That's right. where, where you'll never thirst again. Amen. And uh, people that listen to that say, how can that be? Uh, it's, it's a relationship that is real. Uh, Jim, how old were you when you got when you were saved, I, I I don't think I've ever asked you that, brother. I was 14 years old. E.C. Gould was preaching at the Salvation Army in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and I gave my life to the Lord that night. 14-year-old boy. 14 years old, yes, sir. And so um, it was one of those things that, you know, uh, the, the folks that we had there in the church were great people. They loved me for who I was and as I was. And let me tell you, Jim Stanley at 14... It hadn't got a lot better at 60, but, um, you know, that was that was a tough time because I was going through things in my life and in my family that put me in an automatic distrust of people. But the, the Robert and Carol Bagley were the pastors there at that time, and they loved me for who I was and in sometimes in spite of who I was. I, I can tell you honestly, I probably would not have finished high school 
had it not been for Carol Bagley. But E.C. Gould was another officer, another minister, and he came and preached that week for revival, and I gave my heart to the Lord. And so, uh, you know, I haven't been perfect since then. Don't don't misunderstand join, that. Join, join the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, sir, that's, that's when it happened. Man, Jim, they cared for you. Yeah. Let me see. Have you heard? We're we're full of cliches today. But, That's right. You know they they want to know that you care before they'll believe. Before they care what you believe, they want right. to know that you care, don't they? That's right. And and that really was your. That's the situation. They demonstrated love to you, man. Yes, sir. I uh, my church, uh, Willard Baptist Church, up in Northeast Mississippi, not far from Tupelo, where where headquarters are and where we live today. Uh, that church demonstrated their love to to my family and to us and we were out of church at that time mm-hmm. uh good my mom and dad love god uh good men a uh, good man a good woman but out of church because they kind of got uh in a church fuss i mm-hmm. hate church fusses man walk away if you can uh it's it, most times not worth the fuss that's right and uh so they loved us and brought me in and cared for us and loved us it made a big difference, and uh, I, I share this, and I know people were saved when I was 12, but what happened the Sunday before I was saved a week later on a Tuesday, that would be about nine days later, mm-hmm. my dad, uh, who had not joined the church, he walked the aisle that day, and he spoke to the church, and he said, I want you to forgive me. I've been saved. I was saved. But he said, I've been in rebellion against God for mm. several years because of different things in my life. I was wrong. I want you to forgive me and mm. take me in, if you will. They loved him. They cared for him. Nine to ten days later, that was a Sunday, went through another Sunday. And then that Tuesday night in revival, that 12-year-old boy named Bert Harper gave his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, surrendered my life to him. And uh, some, I didn't put it all together to years later. I started thinking, my dad doing that really, it was a spark, it, it was a spark to see my dad do that. And uh, yeah, I, I see that, I share that sometimes when I talk at men's conferences, right. you know. And I said, man, you don't know the difference that you can make in someone's life. And we just talk about Issa Gould and brother, you know, mm-hmm. Pastor Bagley. I know the. The lady, too. Right, but Carol. For, but for those to be loved and cared for by people uh, goes a long way in bringing people in. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, um, I was with the Salvation Army at that time. It was right across the street from where I lived. And so uh, we'd walk over there and do different things, you know, with the youth group and whatnot. And then we really began to grow that relationship. They were there for several years now. The Salvation Army officers are a light like Methodist ministers where they will be there for a while and then they're moved someplace else. Well, I was fortunate enough that I was able to spend several years with them and that relationship grew because it had had it been one of those things where they were only there for a year, um, then I might not have, you know, might not. And so God worked all that out, you know, for me. And if he is willing to work that out for me, Folks, I want you to understand, he will work it out for you. The main thing, if you're listening and you're not in church, find a Bible-believing church to go to. If they're teaching anything besides the gospel of Jesus Christ, then you need to, you need to find one that teaches Jesus. 
because anytime you add things, it's Jesus and this or Jesus and that, then that's not what you need. You know, there's some, you know, people call in, and we're not taking calls today. We haven't all this week since we're in. That's why I said that. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, so, but you know what, what this really amounts to, that God, in his desire to love you, put people in your life, and these people are there. And you're, you may be one of them. You may be that person right. that God uses to touch a 14-year-old boy mm-hmm. that's in a difficult situation, the home life not what it should be, and church in that relationship becomes a haven. It really it, does. And, and in fact, later when I was a minister with the Salvation Army, we had a, a family, and then they were similar to mine, um, but they would punish the girl and the and the other members of the family. They would punish her by not letting her go to church. That was their punishment. And then they would fuss about it. And so I went and I visited that family several times. And I finally said, look, why would you punish them, your, your children, for that? Um, and because you ultimately wind up punishing yourself, you know, because you're still in the contention. Whereas when they and finally, yeah, it was a blessing to see that whole family come to Christ. You know, and if you are out there and you do not know Christ and you want to know more, uh, maybe uh, what Jim has said or what I said just touched your life. I want to tell you, there's a number you can call. There, there are partners, and it's triple eight need him. Isn't it good to have partners like that? Really is triple eight need him, and there's some people there that will talk with you. They will help you. And uh, they'll pray with you. And, um, and listen, trust Christ and do it now. We're going to be back in just a few moments. Don't go away as Exploring the Word continues on AFR. This is Pause to Pray, a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Heidi Grant, Director of the Defense Security Cooperation Agency. She's responsible for administration and execution of DOD security cooperation programs and activities. 1 Peter 4.10 reminds us of the importance of being a good steward. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Right now, with this in mind, Let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Heidi Grant in her work at the Department of Defense. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. People often wonder how God can even hear the prayers of everyone in the world, let alone give them individual attention. But Dr. Tony Evans says even humans can do something similar. He'll explain what it is as we spend two minutes with Tony. Many of you have access to Netflix and iTunes. They have a set amount of movies that you can pull down. Millions of people can order the same movie at the same time or different times and it's still going to show up on everybody's screen. Man is so talented that they have created a technological world in which the amount of people are irrelevant. Well now if puny men can come up with technology 
piggybacking off of God for you to get 24-7 attention on the movie you order along with millions of other people, how much more do you think the eternal creation God can address millions of people at the same time or different times who come to him using the order form he has authorized. I don't need your Netflix account if I got my own account. Okay? So God says, before you talk to your kinfolk, before you talk to your best friend, before you talk to your wife, before you talk to the powers that be, how about checking with me? Because if you check with me first, you may not need to have all those other conversations. Dr. Evans has an extensive collection of messages online, something to speak to any need. Browse our library today by visiting us at TonyEvans.org. And be sure to join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. Now, back to the Bible study. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Bert with you today. And Alex is traveling. He's headed back to North Carolina from Texas where we are. Um, and he'll be at the Cove, as I said this weekend. Be praying for him. He and Angie will be down there together and meeting a lot of people. So we're excited that for him. He's really excited about being going through the book of Acts. And uh, But let me share something with you. Good news. You know, American Family Association has many different ministries, the journal, the radio, so many, the resource center. But one of the things, we have the studios, and they do a great job with the documentaries. And last night... There were some awards given to films done this past year, and in his image won two awards, one for evangelism and the other one just just being the number, yeah, the best film. Uh, now I think it was a bronze documentary. documentary for a documentary in his image. And so now we can say you need to go and view the award-winning in his image at inhisimage.movie, and you can see why it won the award. We just talked about it quite a bit. It, it does a good job of truth and love. I, one of the things, and, and the guy that I'm going to introduce in a moment, he, he does that and recognizes that because of the ministry he's in, what he does, speaking the truth in love. Sometimes that's so, so difficult because we're passionate about the truth, and if we get so passionate about the truth, it seems like the love is not there, but it usually is. It just assumed it's not. And then people that think we, if we condemn something, that oh, you're not loving. But I'm telling you, In His Image does it. It succeeds in that. And so if you can do that, go to InHisImage.movie. Setting in again, and we appreciate this so much, is my friend. And I can honestly say that. We've met a few years ago, and there was an instant a relationship concerning Christ, and then we found out the love for the Lord, the love for the Word, and the love for the preborn, and it's Dan Steiner. Dan, thank you for joining us to help us co-host Exploring the Word. Can't think of a better place to be going over God's Word with you, Bert. Well, it is a joy to have you here, and uh, people know you preborn, but hey, uh, you know, Dan Steiner is an evangelist. 
<laughs> it's it's my it's my hobby. Yeah, it's my passion, and uh, that carries over, as you know, into the uh, very distinctive of preborn ministries. Is these women need to not abort their children. We help them with maternity clothes and whatever they need, doctor visits, so they can choose life. But also. Um, letting them know about their greatest need, which is Jesus Christ, the very word of God that you're exposing yeah. and expositing on this program. One of the neatest um, promotions of preborn <laughs> is the young woman who goes in and she finds out she's going to have twins. And I think there's one had triplets that, uh, that I heard yeah. about. Yeah. And she's going in and she found out they were triplets. Can you imagine the <laughs> shock? You know, I love that. I said, I would wipe me out, you know, but those, they gave birth and what a blessing. And so uh, let me just share this with you. We share with it quite a bit. Dan, you estimate that how many women per month and lives are changed because of the gifts that people the listeners of AFR, they give to a preborn. Oh, yeah. No, AFR, without a doubt, uh, underwrites over a 1,000 ultrasounds every month, and uh, 80% of those women choose life. You're talking 800 women, 800 babies, because of uh, the listeners of American Family Radio. And so uh, we take every, every $20, $140 sponsor, whatever it is, and we push it right out to our clinics. They need it. Most of our clinics are pretty hand-to-mouth and, um, you know, meeting their baby. And that heartbeat, Bert, uh, is the thing that really changes their mind more than anything else. A heartbeat's undeniably a sign of life. Blobs of tissue, you know, masses of cells don't have heartbeats. So it's <laughs> <laughs> and we, we were talking earlier, and uh, but tell us some of the cities. This, this blows my mind. You know, we know we're Planned Parenthood, but I want to tell you, let me tell you where some of these, or Dan's going to tell you, where some of these strategic uh, crisis pregnancy centers is to, tr- to, to give life. Yeah. This, this, this list of cities is amazing. Well, and it's, it's where the childbearing age population, millennial and Gen Z people are moving and flocking to the largest cities in, in the world. Actually, it's not an, uh, uh, an American phenomenon by any means. And so in Los Angeles, New York, uh, Miami, Florida, Houston, Dallas here where we're sitting this afternoon, Bert, and uh, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Metro, New Jersey. Those are the clinics that Preborn runs and leads. And uh, these are uh, the place where the, it's the front line of abortion. It's where more than 54% of the abortions in America occur in these large cities. And so we're there with compassionate, Christ-centered, word-oriented, uh, loving alternatives, away from the firestorm of rhetoric on what is debatably the most hotly debated issue in our culture, loving women into wise decisions, uh, ironically with uh, grace and truth, with the Spirit of God and the Word of God. <laughs> That's it. And, and we try to do this on Exploring the Word. We want to give you truth, but Alex and I do our best to demonstrate it in love and when we answer questions that people are hurting, when they call in and they need prayer, uh, when people call mm-hmm. in and disagree, we want to do our best to show the Christ, not weak, not mush, but be strong in love, but be yeah. courageous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's what God told Joshua, you know, be strong and of good courage. You know, yes. I'm with you, and we can do that. And that's what preborn does. It's, it's courageous going into these positions, these places, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because these places, not only do they get the ultrasound, they get the heartbeat, but they also, the gospel of Jesus Christ is presented. And many times those women 
they go away not only with their child still in them, but they go away with the Spirit of God in them. That's right. And what a joy. Well, today I told you we was going to get to a Scripture today. This is Exploring the Word. <laughs> and Jim Stanley and I went over Colossians chapter 3, uh, verses 1 and 2, 3 and 4. But I also had another one. that I, These are kind of my favorites since we finished the book of Acts and Alex and I will start a new book on Monday. Uh, I just selected some that really minister to me. And this is in 2 Corinthians. Paul had written 1 Corinthians to them, a book of correction, very severe. But he writes back in 2 Corinthians, has some good things, but also to set things in store. Listen to this. And I just want to read chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And then Dan and I are going to comment on it. Do we begin again to commend ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you, or letters of commendation from you? You, listen to this, you are epistles written in our hearts, known and read by all men. That makes me, th- I'm going to interrupt, and uh, we're the only Bible some people read. That's, that's the very idea. That's yeah. what they see. Biblical. Yeah. Clearly, you're an epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh that is of the heart. Now listen to verse 4 and 5 and 6. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we're sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, our, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now, Dan, the reason this catches my attention hmm. is the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. He is sufficient for salvation, but he's also sufficient for service. He is sufficient for everything that man really needs. Now, didn't say wants, That's right. but needs. And notice he sets this up. It's by the living word of God. In other words, when God comes into our lives, we become living epistles, letter written that people could read it. That's a pretty strong message there that that you think people are looking at us, reading us, reading our motives or trying to read our motives. Why, right. do, we, why do we go to church on Sunday and place the golf course? Uh, <laughs> you know, right. why, why would give, we give 10% plus our money to, to, to people and not spend it on ourselves? Do you think people wonder why we do that? No, no doubt Christians stand out. We're different. We should be from the world. Our values are different and our priorities are different. Um, to think that people aren't looking at us um, is, uh, is wrong, and we want them to. But the good news here in this passage, Bert, that I really love uh, is that we're not sufficient of ourselves to think as anything is coming from ourselves, but our sufficiency says it is of Christ who has made us sufficient. And it said, as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And um, it's, you know, so it's responsibility through dependency. We're responsible to be that living epistle. We're responsible to live uh, Christ, uh, but it's not dependent on us. It's dependent on the Spirit of God in us, and so that takes the weight of the thing off of us, and we can just live joyfully in communion with God, the Holy Spirit, the paraclete that Jesus said uh, would come alongside us and send you another comfort, but even the Spirit of truth would be with you and within you. Amen. And Christ in you, the very hope of glory, it says in Scripture, 
is uh, the power that we have for witnessing. And this is the great adventure. It you know, is. when we grab hold of the fact that God has you on this plan for the next person that you meet to be that living epistle that you just described. And uh, this is not a coincidence. This is not uh, an accident. It's an assignment by God. The next person you meet, I challenge you as listeners, the next person you meet might just be that person that needs Jesus Christ, and you might be specially designed, commissioned, and assigned to witness Jesus Christ to them. And, and it's not that you're sufficient. It's not that you have to be in any way fearful or you know what to say. It says you're sufficient. Made us able as ministers of the New Testament. And so this is a, a very encouraging chapter for me as uh, sharing the, the Word of God uh, with just everybody that we meet. Um, and God is waiting in heaven uh, for, these, for us to open our mouths and talk about the truth that we've heard on uh, Sunday morning for years, decades in some cases, and, and especially on wonderful programs like this, to be able to give that uh, drink of living water Amen. Uh, to the thirsty soul that they don't even know what they need most of the time. You know, when, when we see this, uh, he's writing it not to the quote church staff. He's not <laughs> reading it to uh, writing it to the deacons and just the Sunday school teachers. He's writing it to the whole church. You remember what he had yeah. talked about to the Corinthian church? He'd call them the body, and he'd say, "Some of you are, you know, you're like the eye, you're like the hand," and they'll say, "I have no need of you." No, we need everybody. So this is to the entire church body at the at, in the city of Corinth and saying, you, now let me put it in the uh, southern vernacular, y'all <laughs> are ministers, and, and you're able. Now, that word able means you have what you need. In other words, it's completeness. You're not waiting on a second blessing. You're not even waiting on a degree from a college so you can be smart. You're not even waiting on Bert and Alex to get through with a book. No, the Spirit of God in you has made you able. You know, the, the, the influence of the Spirit, you can be influenced, you, but that's not enough. You need to be indwelled. It's the indwelling of the Spirit of God. Notice it's the Spirit in you. Yes. Uh, I, I've heard this. You may have heard it, Dan, and I've told this on the, this program before, but I've had people say, oh, if I could have just walked with Christ and been there with him, then, you know, it would have been so much better. I'm not denying it would have been awesome. Yeah. But we have nothing. They don't have. They didn't have anything over us. We not only ha they don't. They had God beside them, Jesus. We have the Spirit of God in us. You yeah. know, in us. And I, I don't think it gets better than that. That oh. the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. And notice what it says here. And it goes. It says, the letter of the law. It's talking about the law. What the law could not. Christ has done and through this what Christ has done on the cross and the spirit coming into your life what the law presented that we could not live up to <laughs> listen yeah, right he comes into our lives and it is not the commandments written on stone but it's the commandments written on our lives on our heart uh, it works it's it, he works inside outward uh, now, I'm a little older than you, but I can remember LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, president. He is introducing the war on poverty, and, and he said, we're going to take the people out of the ghettos and put them into better housing. 
we're going to take the people that in Appalachia that lives in, you know, the, the cabins and rundown, we're going to build them better houses. In other words, uh, we're going to make everything better on the outside. I'm not saying that was horrible, but guess what? It didn't last because God does his work on the inside and then it works its way on the outside that we become what? Able ministers of Christ. And the answer that the world needs is Jesus Christ. And, and oh. they want anything but Christ, it seems like. I, I mean, we know that the God of this world says in scriptures, blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they might not come to the truth. But Jesus is the light of the world, and, and I just love, you know, so even though the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, Jesus said, I've come to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus is here to, to ruin Satan's work in every person that he meets. And he also said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. I Amen. And so you are, you are uh, commissioned uh, to, uh, you know, take the blinders off of people so that, so that they can see. And this passage is, is just such a beautiful passage here, particularly in verse 3, where you just said, Bert, it's not written on uh, stones of table. The very Spirit of God that inscribed the stony tables on Mount Moriah is the very God that uh, wrote this first, Second Corinthians book. That Spirit of, you I know, mean, was it Peter? Help me out here, but where it says that you know, he, holy men moved of yeah, the Spirit Peter. of God. Yeah, that's Peter. Uh, writ, you know, as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit, dear friend, that indwells you today. And so, as we think about witnessing or sharing. Um, we don't have to be concerned about what we're going to say because the very one who wrote the very word of God that we're studying here on uh, the program is in us. And you don't think that he's sufficient? It's just a matter of faith. Without faith, we know in Hebrews 11, it's impossible to please him. But God is looking for that one who will step out in faith. All those works are done in faithfulness. And without faith, you know, Amen. you can't please him. So. Amen. Hey, we're going to come back and we're going to continue in in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you can't wait to get to verse 17 and 18. Uh, it's like it's climactic. So stay with us. Dan Steiner and Bert Harper will be back with more right after the break. News with a Christian perspective. American Family News. Steve Jordahl reports. Dan Gaynor of Media Research Center says CNN's become a political network. Top-notch reporting. Open Doors has identified the countries where it is most dangerous and difficult to be a Christian. AFN's Bill Bumpus has more. As it has in the past several years, the report shows a dramatic increase in the persecution of Christians. Insightful coverage. American Family News. I am Editor-in-Chief of OneNewsNow.com. Jody Brown. We want to get news to folks who are tired of getting news that's written from an anti-God viewpoint. What people are going to see is news that is written from a biblical perspective by people who love the Lord. We would invite folks to give us a try. We know there's a lot of news sources out there. There are a lot of news websites. Come visit us at OneNewsNow.com. Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. When their mom passed, the Landau brothers of New Jersey had a garage sale to clear out their mom's house. But they decided to keep a few things, including mom's old creepy painting of a woman passed out in a chair and two men trying to revive her. 
Fast forward to their estate auction, and the brothers found themselves fielding bids from France and Germany for the painting. Turns out, it was a long-lost Rembrandt that ultimately sold for $1.1 million. A trained eye spots value where others don't. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. In Luke 5, 13, we read this about Jesus and the leper. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. One of the things that we've experienced with the COVID-19 pandemic is that we become a little afraid of each other. I recently saw a family member I hadn't been able to talk to or hug for more than a year. We both had our vaccinations, and I wanted to hug her. But her hug back told me that she still preferred to keep a safe distance away. Well, Jesus isn't intimidated by your disease, your depression, your hurt, or your grief. He comes close, right into the middle of your deepest problem, and he touches you. Thank God Jesus doesn't stay a safe distance away. He's able and ready to touch your life when you come to him. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Be silent before me so that I may speak. Then let come upon me what may. Why should I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands? Though he slay me, I will hope in him. Job 13, 13 through 15. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. is the answer to man's greatest need. He overcame our greatest enemy, death and sin, or I should say sin and death because it came in that order. I pray that you've been set free in Christ. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about the freedom that's in Christ, the liberty that's in him. We're not taking questions uh, in this segment. Uh, Alex is, is on his way back to to North Carolina where he'll go to the Cove this weekend and we're in Dallas, Texas area, Grapevine. Dan Steiner is with us, and uh, Dan's a great friend of AFR, great friend of ours, ministering through preborn, and people's lives are being changed, and we thank God. And I ask him to come and just share this time with us today, and we just are blessed to have you, and we, we appreciate that so much, Dan. It's thank my you joy, again. yeah. <laughs> well, here we're, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We've kind of covered the the first six verses and verse seven uh talks about the new covenant he introduces the new covenant and he goes over the glory of 
the, you know, the new covenant. Verse 7 says this, though, But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steady in the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? Don't you love that? In other, he's writing to a lot of these Jewish people who had in their past the law, you know, what, what God had given in the law, and it was glorious. And I, I agree it was. I mean, can you imagine Moses receiving that from God on that mountain? It had to be something when he came down. And uh, those tablets written in stone, it was glorious. But, and they did that, how will the minister of the Spirit not be, what, more glorious? That is who is in us. In other words, what the law could not do for them, what the law cannot do for us, the Spirit of God coming in because of what Jesus did on the cross, the resurrection, and Him, the Spirit of coming uh, to us and dwelling in us. You know, Dan, how glorious it is. And think about the glory. We're talking about the Shekinah glory. We're talking about God showing his self who he is. That's the glory. Call it Shekinah. Yep. I think the best place to that was on the Mount of Transfiguration when there Jesus was veiled in his flesh and then Elijah and Moses appeared. And old Peter came up with a good idea. <laughs> Man, we could build three tabernacles. And at that <laughs> time, what Jesus did, and I, I explain it this way, he pulled back the veil of flesh and let the glory come out, and they fell on their face where they couldn't even see Elijah or Moses anymore. It was what? Only Jesus. That's the glory, isn't it? It really is. And what was written on stony tablets, and as Peter wanted to build a stony temple, now was written on the temple of fleshly hearts. Your heart, listener, uh, Christ in you, that hope of glory. Um, we know the Word says that we're transformed into his image from glory to glory, even as unto the Spirit. And um, this is uh, what God has wanted all along. His, his, his desire for Israel was that they would point to him. And now it's Christ in you as uh, you let the Spirit of God work through you and transform you more each day by sanctification into that image of Christ. And that's the glory that God wants the world to see, that Christ came he loved you so much that he'd rather die than live without you, and he did that, conquering sin and death. I mean, I want to be like Jesus, Bertha. Here's this guy. You know, he says, I'm going to take the whole sin of the world. I'm going to nail it to my body, and I'm going to go into the grave, and I'm going to walk out of that victorious. <laughs> Amen. Nobody but Jesus. I'll tell you, man, that's Superman yeah, if there was. It was. We were talking about their minds being blind. Listen to this in verse 14. But their minds were blinded for until the day the same veil remains uplifted in the reading of the Old because the veil is taken away in Christ. Listen, you're blinded without, the, without Christ. Uh, it, I would say this. It's blind, a distorted blindness. You know how nothing, have you noticed uh, if you ever had your eyes dilated and different things like that, how things are hard to focus on? Yeah. Without Christ, you cannot focus on real truth. Uh, now, again, you may find and discover truths about, like, gravity. I mean, it doesn't take yeah. a lot to truth figure out. Jump, right. jump off of a, a, a building, and you'll find the law of gravity is real. You know what I mean? And so there's the, the, that you discover this, but in Christ there's truth, and it opens your mind and your eyes where you see clearly. Uh, as you said, you see who you are. 
yeah. you see who Christ is and you start looking at it and say, man, I'm desperate. I, I, there's something wrong with me. There's something inside of me. It's incomplete. There's a divine right. vacuum that cannot be filled by alcohol. It cannot be de- uh, filled by uh, physical or sexual activity. It cannot be filled with economic success. It cannot be fulfilled with political power. Listen, it's only Christ, only Christ. That's exactly right. And this veil, by the way, is one of the great secrets to evangelizing uh, Jews, Bert, is it says, to this day, the veil remains. And so when you encounter uh, a believing Jew uh, the, that is a, a, a Jew, not a born-again Jew, but one that is of the Jewish religion, the Word of God can't be broken. There's a veil over their heart. Pray that that veil is removed before you witness and I've seen that work. It does. That it God does. would remove it, that their eyes would, in fact, be open. And we've seen that throughout Jesus' miracles, you know, where uh, the, the consummate Jew, Paul the Pharisee, <laughs> Pharisee of Pharisees, right? Yeah. Scales on his eyes. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a, isn't that a great word picture? It really is. It really is so and much. what the law could not do, Christ did. Now, we finally come into verses 17 and 18. I've been working toward that because <laughs> right. verse 18 is one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, okay? Mm, the go. Holy Spirit is not a, a, a lesser than God. He's That's not... Right lesser than the Father or lesser than the Son. Right. Although we, we call on him the third person of the Trinity, he is of equal value, he is of equal essence, he is That's equal right. in every way. Now the Lord is the Spirit. Now that can be interpreted this way, where the, Lord, uh, where the Spirit is Lord. You know, uh, if you look at where the Spirit is Lord, because he is. And when he is Lord, listen what happens. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or freedom. Liberty. We hear a lot about that today. We talk about religious liberty. Alex and I, we hear from those that are incarcerated quite often, and they will tell us, they'll write and tell us that they found freedom while they were incarcerated. (laughs) Now, True freedom. It is true freedom. And a lot of people who are walking around not incarcerated, they're in bondage. They're in bondage to sin. They're in bondage to their crooked thinking. And, and Christ came to set them free. Now, listen to it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, where the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Listen, when the Lord comes into your life, there's that freedom that comes in. Not Listen, uh, you say, how does that work together, this liberty and this freedom and and yet you you got limitations. I, I use this quite often. I use it again. Would you say driving down the highway in a car, ninety miles an hour with no seat belts and no brakes is freedom? I'd say it's insanity. It is insanity. <laughs> but that's what people are doing yeah. when they're living their lives and say all things are free for me, and they don't put boundaries on it. Uh, a few years ago, Jan and I, my wife, uh, we were out out west in western United States, and we went to the Grand Canyon. I want to tell you what I was proud of. When we walked out onto some of those cliffs to look down into that canyon, I'm so thankful they had some barriers there. Mm-hmm. With, with three boys, I, I really wanted them to have it a little higher, you know, because <laughs> they're kind of hyper like their daddy, you know, you so go. no telling, oh, this would be fun. And, but I was never so proud to see the boundaries. 
I'm, I'm just telling you, you better be proud of the boundaries that God has set in marriage. Those boundaries, yeah. like sexual, is, is for marriage, and it works best. Yeah. Outside of that, there's going to be difficulty. Uh, obedience to parents, outside of that boundary, there's going to be difficulty. God has those boundaries for our freedom and our protection. It's really true. Uh, the world says freedom to ex. So it's fr- it's so really, it comes down to who's the Lord. It says where the Spirit of the Lord is. So that means He's Lord, as you've aptly pointed out in this verse. Um, it's not freedom to do what we want. It's freedom to be who we should be and who, more importantly, God has called us to be in fulfilling our destiny in Jesus Christ. We cannot be truly free unless we are born again and the Spirit of God is the Lord of our lives. Everybody wants Him as Savior. Few want Him as Lord. But when you find that, then there's true freedom to fulfill the God-given destiny that will propel you into a better eternity. And so this is the freedom that he's talking about here. And, and notice what verse 18, but we all with unveiled face, see there that veil has been, the veil you're talking about, been lifted, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Dan, being saved is just the beginning of this That's glorious right. journey. You haven't experienced all of it yet. Uh, it's just glorious to walk with him day by day. Can and, and let's go back. I talked about originally uh, earlier about the men and women who walked with Christ and what advantage they were. Think if they had just walked with him one day. Well, that would have been good. But look what they did when they walked with him all the way. They saw those miracles. They saw him walk on water. They saw him raise the dead. As they walked with him continually, look what they observed. Look what they participated in. Jesus sent them out to heal, to cast out demons. He said, hey, I've been doing this for a while, boys. How would y'all like to go do somebody? <laughs> and he sent them out to do it two by two, and they came back, and they were sharing. Listen, listen, listen to what happened. So God has saved us, and he's put us in this world to do that. We're, we're, we're to let the Spirit of the Lord lead us and use us for gl- so the glory of God can be seen. To reflect Jesus Christ, uh, change into the same image. Our passage here says, whose image? Well, that's the image of the Lord. That's the antecedent here in the verse. Beholding the glory of the Lord or change into the image of the Lord from glory to glory. It's like going up a stair step. You're ascending like they did to the, to the temple, and they sang as they went. Uh, <laughs> That's it. You know, the songs of ascent uh, are what they're called in Scripture. I think it started like verse, uh, Psalm 26, maybe. I think it's this, right there. And, uh, and on there with uh, a glorious day-by-day transformation of who we are into who he is. This is what God wanted all along from Israel to be an example that there is a living God. And now it's, uh, it says we are living stones. We are the living temple of God being transformed by that glory. The Shekinah lives in us, and that glory is the, is, is the image of Christ. When Christ was on earth, um, and uh, it says uh, we beheld him as the only begotten Son of God, full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. He's, he's the perfect balance of character. He'll speak truth, but he'll do it with, with love. And we can be changed into that very image. We have a wonderful opportunity in our culture. More and more, as the culture becomes darker and darker, we can be changed brighter and brighter into the image of Christ. 
Um, and, 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 and it says how that's done, by the Spirit of God in us, God the Holy Spirit reigning in our lives. Uh, following that passage in Colossians, where it said, let the peace of Christ arbitrate and rule in your heart in every circumstance and situation. How can you reflect the image of the living Christ who is in you? Having that inclined heart and that inclined ear to listen for the Spirit of God, bringing that verse to memory that you need to check you or move forward in a witness uh, for the Lord. And so this is a very real lifestyle that um, is such an exciting thing to live in our lives. And remember where it started, to make us able ministers. There you go. In other words, he doesn't give us the Spirit just to make us feel better. Uh, he mm -hmm. doesn't give us the Spirit just so we will do this and have a great experience so that we're able ministers. And ministers mean to others. You, There's no ministry apart from others, you know? <laughs> right. And uh, I, I'm going to minister to myself, you know? No, listen, now Jesus did say, take a time for yourself, you know, come apart, you know. Uh, I think it was maybe C.S. Lewis, and I heard Adrian Rogers say it, last person, he who does not come apart for a while to get some rest with Christ will come apart. That's good. And, and so there's some truth. One more passage, and we were talking about there's a verse similar to that about the liberty. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I want to bring it up. We haven't got a lot of time, but I want to read it, and you make a comment on it if you would. Stand fast. This is Galatians 5.1, another one of Paul's writings. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Woo! It's Freedom, sweet. brother. Yeah, it is. And, 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 and it gives us the volitional choice to either walk with the Spirit of God or to walk uh, with ourself. Two choices on the shelf, friends, serving God, serving self. But walk under that conviction. Walk under that gentle nudging of the Holy Spirit, and you can find the freedom that it talks about here. For freedom, friend, Christ has set you free. We don't know what bondage you're in. Uh, it could be alcohol. Uh, it could be pornography. Sorry. It could be so guilt. Man, isn't guilt a horrible bondage to be in? Terrible deception. So listen, be set free. Come to Christ. Amen. Know Him. And let me remind you, we didn't give you an opportunity to call us today, but there's a number that you can call, 888-NEED-HIM. If you're in bondage and you're entangled with it, be set free in Christ. Amen. If you need help, these people are ready. 888-NEED-HIM. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled with the yoke of bondage. Dan, thank you for being with us today. What a blessing. Thank you, Bert. It is a blessing. We hope you have a great day as you serve the Lord, and we pray that you would just seek Him, follow Him, trust Him with all your life. Hey, as Alex and I always say, thank you for listening to Exploring the Word. Tell someone about this program, but more importantly, tell them about Jesus.